Hello, and welcome to the Ecommerce Source Podcast. My name is Andy Solhoff. I'm back on the podcast after a week away uh, and here with my friend and business partner, Tim McDougall. Tim, how are you today? Doing good. We'll have fewer uh, NBA basketball-related references because it's Andy and Sonny is joining us today as well from sunny Southern California or sunny lately. You've had a lot of rain lately, but now it's actually sunny again for sunny. So, um, and great. So we're going to talk about... Uh, there's a lot of big things going on right now. And right now there's a lot of panic going on around like Google Analytics for conversion and Shopify put out a bunch of warnings just last night to everybody saying your conversions aren't done. So there's panic going on that, but we're not going to talk about that here. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Christmas, um, even though it's a June, right? And as we record this, most normal people are not thinking about Christmas at all. In fact, when we start seeing Christmas stuff appear in stores in late September or October, people are going to complain because they do every year that Christmas is Christmas stuff is being shown too early. So the normal civilian populations are not thinking about Christmas right now. But uh, if you're an e-commerce seller like we are, if you're selling on e-commerce, you got to start thinking about Christmas now. And so it's just June as we record this. It's mid-June. Um, but your Christmas prep starts now. And if you haven't started yet, you can still catch up. But if you wait too much longer, you're going to be behind in some pretty key ways. And so we want to do a, a quick show on what you should be doing now as an e-commerce seller to be ready for the big holiday sales season. And uh, we each, so going into this, we each prepared a list um, and we haven't seen each other's list. So we're just going to kind of go around and see what each other has on the top of their list. And we're going to see what comes out of that. And with that, I think, um, Sonny, you get the honors as the guest today sure. to drop the first item. So what's on the top of your list, Sonny? Well, Tim, um, actually, uh, Christmas in June is uh, something that's uh, for me. It's, I see that quite often because I get my Christmas card from my mom in <laughs> June. <laughs> Wait, why do you get your Christmas card for your mom in June? Because uh, she uh, lives overseas for maybe three quarters of the okay. year now. And uh, so she's not here during Christmas. So she gives my brother and I our Christmas cards. In That's June awesome. Or July. That's typically when we see her. So this is your Christmas card for this coming <laughs> Christmas. It's not like a late right. send from last year's Christmas that took right, forever exactly. in the mail, right? Okay. She's very forward thinking. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Better than me. I'm the, no, I'm the notorious, like, I'm on here saying we all need to plan early for e-commerce sales for Christmas. And I'm always the one that's like December 15th or 16th, like, damn, I better go online and buy this stuff before it comes too late. <laughs> so, yeah. Problematic so in, she's in never, most years. She's never late on the Christmas card. So. Yeah. So that's great. Okay. So you'll get your Christmas card coming up pretty soon here. So it's a little bit of yes. Christmas in June for you. Right. Right. But you, this topic, um, so, actually, you were actually pushing for this topic the last couple of weeks. So, so you have some thought behind this. What is, what's yeah. the number one thing that people should be doing? E-commerce sellers, so not regular normal people, but e-commerce sellers who are a bunch of weirdos. We know that. Um, right. What should they be doing to prep now for the holiday study? Okay. So um, there's a few things. Oh, Generally one thing. You get speaking, one thing. Just get, getting, oh, I only get one? You get one <laughs> and then we're going to rotate around. Then Andy's going to, then Andy's going to say what his one is and we'll keep on going around. So okay. start well, with your, let, start let with your top one. Let me use a lot one. of commas rather than <laughs> with periods. Uh, the number one thing I think for me is just to be aware of the dates 
coming up uh, for quarter four, not only Christmas, but let's say, for example, Black Friday or Halloween, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, and just to make sure that um, you're competitively uh, positioned in terms of ads around that time, because it is going to be more expensive. And uh, one of the things I guess to figure out whether or not these type of, let's say, Black Friday sales is applicable to you. Um, you know, there's a lot of e-commerce sellers that they do pre-Black Friday sales um, just to get a little bit of uh, maybe competitive edge, you want to call it that, uh, going into the holidays. So um, it's really just a game plan or game planning around uh, how to manage ads and also, of course, inventory, that type of stuff. Yeah, I like that a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, so often people will be reactive to oh here's what the market's doing so hey our you know our plan is to do the uh, black friday presale or whatever going in knowing that in june so that you've got your advertising budgets you've got some flighting you've got some things in place so that you can say okay you know maybe maybe if the the big guys are doing it you know starting this time okay fine we might react to that but i think having the plan and being able to stick to it come q4 is would be really nice. Yeah, and it's a good debate to have early now. I can't tell you how many times we've been working with sellers who this debate is happening uh, in November, November yeah. about whether they should go early with Black Friday or whether they should stick to the traditional dates. And a lot of it depends on how you look at your business. So if you're one of the big dominant sellers, then you oftentimes just want to concentrate on the main holiday. But if you're a small seller, uh, and a lot of the companies we work with are smaller sellers, you can get lost in that day. And if anybody, we do, the, we do the game often of look at our email accounts and how many offers start coming in on that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, through, through, Black, through Cyber Monday. And the number of promotional offers coming in, and I subscribe to a lot of things because I'm watching what a lot of people do, but I'll get during that day just promotional offers, two, 300 promotional offers coming through. And some of the sellers are sending in eight emails a day during that window. And it's really easy if you're not one of the big names. Um, and, you know, my wife likes Coach Purchase. So Coach, I'm subscribed to. Yes. They'll send eight. And they're fun to watch just because, like, their email plan's crazy. They'll do eight a day during, during that window, right? And if you're a smaller seller selling a more, you know, custom purse or something like that, you're going to get totally buried in that. You're, and it's not even if somebody's a fan of your brand, you might appear in their inbox, but the, by the time they check their inbox, you've scrolled down past the first page and you're not even visible anymore mm-hmm. if you're just sending one. So there can be, you know, if you go during that time, you know you have to be able to go big, otherwise you're going to just get swamped. So a lot of smaller sellers will go the week in advance or two weeks out. We saw a lot of that last year Yeah, of people moving up two weeks, but it's good to, you know, I think some of your point is plan that out now. Be ready for it right. and be ready for the increase in ad prices. Um, yeah. Well, and also ad inventory. So if you're running a brand new ad, your ad may be stuck in uh, review for days and you might miss out the day that yeah, you, that's a good point. You're running the back ads up. For. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna build on this one. So you're going with your this is your first selection to, it, you know it is it it wouldn't be my number one. If we were doing NBA draft style, it would not be my number one pick. It would not you're, be the you're trying Wimbanyana to build picks. on what Sonny says and yes, kind I'm, of a spirit of like yep. good conversation in a podcast. Yes. You're, yes. You're a better man than me. And so this so this I would say is your uh creative uh campaign outline for the quarter. So 
this would be understanding what messaging you're going to run and how that applies to not just your paid social, uh, but your email, your organic social, what kind of uh, content that you're going to need. Because having uh, creative that stands out in the fourth quarter is really tough. So figuring out what type of content that you start publishing in October and early November and leading those uh, pieces of content into the high season so that maybe you can capture just a little bit of attention while it's uh, more available in those early dates. And then when somebody does see uh, your creative on Facebook or in email copy that they're actually going to look for it. So in that case, in the coach purse case, right? So Mm -hmm. if I'm a small, uh, you know, handbag manufacturer or something like that, I'm trying to figure out how do I get into their Facebook reels organically or paid in October and November and what content do I need to have to that really runs the gamut of the full flight and seeing how, how different things perform and then having the sort of production wherewithal capacity in those high times to be able to, if possible, be nimble and reshoot different pieces of creative during that time if we see something that's working really well so that we can get that into the mix so as Seriously, quickly get, as possible. Get the first run down now, and so you leave, but schedule some time to reshoot, redo things Yeah, in the middle of the flurry. Okay, yeah, absolutely on it. Um, or even get the first run done in advance because that's, that's often a problem as well by very well-intended e-commerce sellers of we know when the dates are and somehow somehow those production dates for creative always creep up on you and revisions. You want them done yeah. way in advance or somebody plans it's going to take one week to get them done and it takes three because it has to go through a bunch of approvals and there's revisions and uh, that's very typical. So getting it done way in advance, absolutely. That, that, was, that was on my list as well down there. Um, I'll jump in with mine. I'm going to zag a little bit from where this trend is going. And I'm going to say right now, this is the time, like right now is when you need to finalize your sales projections and your forecasting. That would have been my, that was my number one pick. Ah, good. Okay. That was, it was my number one my on number my board one pick, here. But... Uh, but it was, you need to get that done. And, and this may be, you may have needed to get done already if your production timeline is longer, but I'll use like, for example, our, our company, grown ass man company, right? With shampoo bars and soap. We know that to have stuff available at Amazon by the end of September, which is kind of our goal for the holiday season. We want it mostly in place then or be able to ship stuff in for the first early waves of that. That really July 1 with the time we need to lead for production and curing and then shipping from the manufacturers we work with to help make that out to Amazon. July 1 is kind of our deadline if we need to have our orders in if we want to have it at retail by end of September. And there's a little bit of cushion in there, but not a lot. We want to leave a little bit in case they have problems. But know your timelines for your manufacturing. And then in that case, you know, if we're doing that, we're recording this in middle of June. We're finalizing up our projections right now because we know, we know that by the end of June, we need to know our quantities and be able to tell that to our, to our manufacturing partners um, that make those products. And a lot of people are on somewhat similar timelines. If you're shipping from overseas, your timeline for forecast is already gone. Yeah. Part, you, you already had to have that ordered. Um, but if you're manufacturing yourself or if you're working with a domestic manufacturer, you, you know, right now you're kind of in your sweet spot for the time to get all the forecasts nailed down. Also, as you're doing your forecast, um, some things where we've seen things go wrong is always 
I think most people know use last year's seasonality curve so you can kind of predict what the lift is going to be. One of the things we've seen where people go wrong and don't forecast enough is uh, they look at last year's curves and don't take into account that they went out of stock, you know, with the last two weeks of the season or something like that and missed this many days. And they use last year's actual results to forecast this future without taking into account, hey, we, if we forecast this correctly, we should have an extra week's worth of product for sales for example. So is that what you're seeing is like for some of those out of stocks? So for yeah, instance, I, if something went well, out of stock in, on like December 10th or something yeah, like that. And when yeah. we handle the forecast, which we do for some of our partners, right, we'll take that into account. But when we've seen it, like we've seen the, I've been in the meetings where we first try to jump in on that. And it's, and it's a, you know, Hey, the last three years we've run out of stock in this item. And you go back through how the forecast was done and it, just, it uses lat, the prior year's forecast which things ran out of stock and they're not taking into account the extra weeks they could have sold. And it's just a repeated error that keeps yeah. happening. Dope. Um, yeah, every year. So it's like, okay, guys, we were out this many. Based on what the rest of the portfolio did, we think we probably could have sold around this much during that time. So we just upped the forecast by that. Um, and it's, you know, it's just, it's one of those just nuance. Everybody forgets the next year. I mean, it's obvious, but everybody forgets the next year that you ran out of product yeah, for this many days. So it's worth spending a little time going back there and saying what what went out of stock and for how many days and just build that up. And then also decide, I think, in this, how much cushion do you want to lay in there? Because you, you know, hopefully you have better demand than the prior year. How much extra cushion do you want to lay in so you don't run out of stock? And that's going to differ based on are you a product that just gets a big lift during the holidays, which a lot of products do? Are you kind of a standard product in that way? Or are you a product that's uh, what I'll call a super seasonal? And uh, the most super seasonal is like, are you selling Christmas decorations? <laughs> we have we have a partner that's a very smart partner that sells Christmas decorations, right? Um, and fortunately, they're super smart about that. About they know that if it doesn't sell by Christmas, it becomes irrelevant. And so, in their case, oftentimes instead of uh, building the forecast with a little extra cushion, they'll build it a little bit under. We think we can sell this much, but we're going to order a little percentage less than that because we'd rather run out a couple days before the end of the holiday, then have extra leftover. And so we'll kind of talk through that as well. But if it's super seasonal, sometimes you want to cut the forecast back as a safety. But if it's not, how much cushion do you want to lay in there? And you'll have to sell that during first quarter or whatever else. But, um, you know, just think about what kind of, how much cushion you can afford and how much do you want to lay in as well. I feel like that was kind of, that was kind of a multiple... Thing there because you've got your sales estimates, you've talked about inventory, yeah, well, planning. sales projections and forecasts, but then, yeah, two nuance, two like wrinkles on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I threw in two sub points on that. Which Sonny, is he didn't let you have stocks. two, but he's coming in here with two. What what else you got, Sonny? What are what are the other things that are on, on your list as we're looking to prepare for? <laughs> they were child <laughs> entries, they weren't the parent entry, Andy, they were child entries. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think uh, Tim has, uh, he stole one of mine, uh, which is the, making sure the inventory, the projections are right. Um, one of the th- things that um, I think the downside to what Tim was saying is that uh, if you don't, if if you're too enthusiastic and you send too much or you um, order too much uh, items and uh, can't sell them, well, you have the additional costs right, yeah. of, let's say, warehousing or whatever else. So yeah, it's a fine balance there. So I get made fun of sometimes for being the killer of wishful thinking on these things. It's like, you know, you should build your forecast based on empirical data. We sold this much last year. Our general sales trends, we've been plus 15% for the year, say. So you build that in there and that's the basis for your forecast and leave a little cushion. But I've seen the like, 
we're doing great guys. We should double our sales from last year. And there's no evidence behind it, but nobody wants to say no to the owner when the owner is saying we should double our sales. But that's a wishful thinking forecast at that point. If there's no actual reason to believe you're going to double your sales and you, and this is what you're referencing, Sonny, right? We've seen them then produce double, send in double and all of a sudden be stuck with way too much inventory and no way to move it. Yeah, I think I think my my bold take on the inventory piece of things is that I I'm looking to have, if possible, 100% of my Q4 sales units at Amazon by October 1st. Yeah, and that's why I was thinking end of September when we're talking about like growing as man company, right? End of September is our goal to have it all up there. Which you're saying October one, we're kind of saying the same thing, right? So if you think you're going to sell all your units, just have them there, have them at a, have them at Amazon. Because my take on this is that okay, so if you over, if you under forecast, then you can try to get some more product to Amazon and try to get it in before the holiday season. If you under forecast, you still have time beyond the holiday, unless it's a super seasonal product like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, like the Christmas goods, like we talked about. But my thing is, is there, I would rather uh, risk uh, some, you know, take the, take the potential of the upside, get that opportunity yeah. in there rather than, you know, risk running out because and, I think we, we've talked about this before, Tim. Yeah, is Amazon going to screw us with our two inventory sides of this, here? Right? One is if you send in too much too early, you could end up, uh, you could end up fat on inventory and then things move differently than you think in a mix wise. And, and you don't have enough inventory capacity to send in the things that are moving, you can get caught like that. And, we, we, and we've gotten caught like that before. Um, but the other is, if you don't send it all in up front, you could risk sending, you know, send at the end of September enough to get through October and into early November, and then you plan on sending more. And then all of a sudden, the second week of October, Amazon cuts your inventory cap. <laughs> so, which uh, has happened the last two years, right? So, And just a re- you know, real quick on this, Tim. Like, so if we're saying you know, our, our inventory capacity. So on October 1st, are you saying send in to 80% of your inventory cap, 90% of your that's inventory cap? Yeah, that's a great question of it. Uh, I wouldn't send in to cap. I would send in based on, this is my Q4 forecast. Right. What percent of the Q4 forecast am I sending? Because like on some of these, our cap, on some of the things we manage, our cap is 5X what we are going to sell. Because our cap is yes. just, you know, yeah. we've, so we been, have, we've managed inventory efficiently. Amazon's rewarded us by giving a huge cap, but we're never going to use the full cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some on other products we work on, the cap is really close to what we have in stock most times. Yeah. So, um, but I would worry more about, yeah, am I sending in 80% of my Q4 forecast early on and then kind of making sure I have another one coming in? Because the, the other thing to worry about there too is as it gets close to the holiday, you don't want to wait too late. I mean, once it gets to December, you really got to be careful about sending anything in. Because stuff can get to the Amazon docs and just sit because they're overloaded and can't check it in. So we've had product get there like December 1 and not get checked in for sale until December 19th mm-hmm. or 20th, in which case you're just catching the last couple of days of the holiday season. So you have to plan around, you know, in Amazon, usually stuff gets to the docs and within a couple of days, it's in, it's in available inventory. Deep into Q4, that can stretch out to a couple of weeks. And so that's another reason just get stuff there early. Um, predict. Assume that Amazon's going to get backed up. Yeah. If you're selling, if you're selling your own store, you're fine. Like if you're shipping yourself or your 3PL, just get it all loaded up with the 3PL and be fine. Yeah. Um, but if you're selling through FBA at Amazon, yeah, I, I'm generally where you have to load most of it up front early and. So inventory yeah. capacity not being a factor. If you could ship in, if you've got a you know say a hundred thousand units that you think you're going to sell this holiday season, 
you're saying send 80 of it in by, I'd by October 1st? I'd probably send an 80 by, yeah, late end of September or 1st of October, 80% of it, and then plan a follow-up shipment kind of coming. That gives you a little room to adjust for, hey, this is moving better or worse than I thought. Yeah. Because um, of the mix, you're going to try and predict the mix and forecast it, but you're not going to be perfectly accurate. Yeah. And that gives you a little chance to kind of make some adjustments. So say, let's say that you, again, you think you're going to sell 100,000 units, but you're... Uh, capacity inventory capacity is 50 how are you going about prioritizing how do you think yeah. through how you prioritize that, that mix i would normally try and get in i would take what i think my normal sales mix is going to be and then i would nudge up the best sellers percentage wise right yeah because if i'm going to run out i'm i want the least risk possible of running out on my top skus and if I'm going to run out, it's my trailing SKUs that I run out on. I'm going to take, it's going to hurt, but fine. I'm going to deal with that better. Does profitability, so you got a top seller, right? It's going to sell more units. Do you, do you include profitability in yeah, that calculation yeah. at all? And, and exactly how you do that, it's more kind of you're eyeballing it and kind yeah. of looking at, I'm going to bend it a little bit this way. Yep. You know, I sell the most of this, but this is my number two SKU from a sales standpoint. It makes more, more of the money. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure I'm making that too. Um, I think you take a little bit of that into account yeah. as well. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Sonny, you're up again then. Brings back up. Tim and I talked a lot there. So what else what, what else you got to, to get us going here? Well, another thought is that um, if you see something working, don't afraid to double down, right? If uh, high demand, if your product is selling, don't be afraid to add more to the budget. Yeah. So Sonny, on this one, you ran a lot of campaigns before you joined us, right? So you 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 have some deep experience in running campaigns before you ever joined us, and then and we've had the privilege of working with you lately. But how much would you say? And this is a debate we get into. How much should you say? Here's your here's your entire media budget all planned out, and then you're going to put this your or you're going to plan X percent of your media budget and hold X percent in reserve, which I've seen both approaches. Do you like to leave some in reserve? That's going to be okay. I'm, I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend fifty thousand, but I'm only going to plan the first thirty, and I'm going to keep the other twenty in reserve to flow into whatever's working best. Or do you try and plan it all out in advance and then adjust from there? I would just, um, I would go with the flow. So leave a little bit in reserve just mm-hmm. in case. That's just yeah. And we've seen that where people leave set numbers in reserve to say, hey, we're going to reassess this far into the holiday season and then we're going to dump this on what's working best and double down. Yeah. Right. And are you looking, I mean, we're, we're looking at probably a combination of like attributed ROAS as well as uh, overall sales, you know, unit sales through the store, right? On I mean, because, okay, well, this this campaign is saying it's doing a seven ROAS or whatever, but uh, okay, do we, we dump in more money into that or do we dump it into the, trying to promote the product that seems to be selling selling well I and mean, what's your take on that sonny like how do you how do you re- react in that type of situation yeah whichever uh, metrics that's um that you're looking for if it's return on ad spend yeah i would just keep uh i would just you know don't leave money on the table so to speak <laughs> right just add to that yeah yeah i think that's been a big part of my as as tim kind of led off with his, his his number one thing was having the sales estimate but i I also had that as a part of ad spend uh, is how, how do we outline that and what do we, what do we think as 
we're going to need to spend to achieve our different sales goals. So what is part of this is planning you know Facebook ad dollars what are we th- what are we projecting for a return on ad spend here so I think this definitely goes into what you're talking about there Sonny like okay well we've got our budget and we think it's going to need we're going to need to spend this much to drive this much in sales and having that really at least iterate through that and having those conversations right now so that we can sort of run some simulations of what happens if this, what happens if that, how do we make sure that we are nimble enough with our ad copy, creative, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure that we can maximize the sales opportunities in the high season there. So here's the, because I had this a little bit lower on my list, but I also had it on there, same topic. And the one wrinkle for me that I'd love to talk about here briefly is uh, I think you need to, and this is talking about when you say running simulations, Andy, I think you're talking about just have the talks, game plan, yes. right? It's There's not yep. like, I, I'm worried that somebody might listen and say, what's the simulator I plug into this? What's the app I use for that? No, it's just kind of talk through different contingencies that can happen. But one of the things to decide up front is what's going to be your approach? So, and and what I mean by that is we've seen, I've seen two distinct approaches when it comes to holiday spend. One is save your big powder, like save the big dollar for when the peak hat hits and be ready to throw all your dollars at the peak when demand is highest. And that's kind of the most common old school approach to do it. Um, I've also seen, and we tend to use the second approach more, is is to spend earlier than everybody else um, before demand really peaks. So start spending on the Christmas stuff in September or October, knowing that the ads are inefficient because people aren't searching as much for them then. But every little sale you get then, even if it's, even if you're kind of looking at a really high ROAS and I mean, a really bad, a really high A cost and a really low ROAS, right? So you're not spending efficiently, but you're building sales. So you're moving up in brand rank and you're positioning yourself for when the big demand hits and all the organic things hit that you're higher up in the, in the, in the listings. Uh, and I've seen both approaches. I mean, the more traditional media approach would be save all your powder and push it all when the demand's highest. But especially in marketplaces where working on your brand rank matters and your organic rank matters. Yeah. We've typically taken the second approach, which is spend inefficiently early because you're going to get, you're going to reap the payout for that when the peak hits. Yeah. In terms of better rank and better organic. But how do you guys approach it? That That's exactly, I mean, I'm already, for some of my clients, we have some, uh, a few SKUs for one of my clients where they are heavy in inventory. They're looking to move. We've actually already done a price reduction and we're seeing sales increase on those uh, as a way to influence our sales rank. We're selling more and more units of those right now in June. And the plan there is to be able to, and we're still maintaining a, a, a healthy margin on the products, but it's to be able to see, okay, can we throw another coupon on it in uh, 20 uh, and late in the year to see how that you know impacts our sales. So uh, I'm I'm with you. We're advertising on those right now. We are uh, trying to get as much traction and sales rank for those products. And this is doing doing it early because we just don't we just don't have the budgets. We're not spending a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, millions of dollars on our Q4 holiday spend. So we gotta we gotta try to get their attention early. Yeah. And I think if it's if it's your owned property and you're running things in there, the marketplace approach doesn't matter as much. You're not trying to sp- spend inefficiently early to build rank. 
but you may be spending a little bit early just to avoid the ad clutter. Mm-hmm. You know, Sunny talked about earlier, ad prices go way up. So you may decide that, yeah, it's not the peak demand season, but if I spend now, I can get a lot more reach for my dollar and I'm going to do So you got to think about those things in advance. And as you were talking, game planning it, mm-hmm. Andy, those things kind of came up in my mind. Um, ready to move on to the next one? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to drop in here that, uh, and this is a discussion that I've seen happen way too late in the season too often. It's decide on, decide on your pricing and discounting criteria early. So, you know, and this comes into play of, hey, we made this forecast. We've sold this much. You know, hopefully you're at your forecast or even ahead of it. And you're not worrying about discounting. But if you're behind your forecast, if, if, uh, if anybody, especially if you're super seasonal, falls behind the forecast, there's going to be a conversation about should we discount or is our price too high? Um, and you want to have those discussions now. I mean, we'll be having those discussions in July with our, with our partner that is sells Christmas decorations, right? About, and they're already working on it. They're great on it, about working on different levels of, hey, what price do we want to try for? Like, what's our ideal price that we want to get for this that's most profitable that we think is not pie in the sky? It's potentially reachable. What do we expect to sell at? And then what's our first discount drop? What's our second discount drop? And then what's our clearance, which we sell for, you know, it's zero profits, but at least we're getting our cost of production back. And at what point do we just dispose? Like the building that map of, and what are the things that happen? How far behind do we get it? At what time before we make, pull those levers? Yeah. Because you don't want to pull the discounting lever too early. If you pull that too early, you're just giving up profits. And there's been years on that where we pulled it too early and realized, and we sold out the last couple of weeks, right? And there's been years where we didn't pull it early enough and had too much product left at the end. So, but having those discussions now and kind of mapping that out, scenario building on when your discounting comes in, that's also something that I would put on the list of something to do now. Yeah. I think the financial plan around that, including your sales estimate and ad spend, discount planning, pricing is maybe the one of the least talked about items for a lot of clients uh, as it relates to the, the Q4 planning. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's an easy one to sort of, like you talked about, Tim, wishful think away, right? Like, oh, no, yeah. we're just going to sell it all at this, this retail price. We're well, not going to need a discount that, you know. You know, that, I mean, depends on, I mean, how long of a shelf life your inventory has. And I think the re- part of the reason why this, the, customer of ours that sells seasonal products, uh, Christmas items, it, they have to be, right? They have to be so buttoned up on that yeah. because they don't, they're not going to look to hold that inventory for a full another year. They want to, if they could be at zero inventory yeah. on those, that's that's an ideal the situation. The goal is always to be at zero and then it's to figure out, okay, which stuff can we afford to hold for next year's season and which stuff doesn't make any sense to hold, right? Yeah. Um, but but yeah. I, I wouldn't even go that far in saying uh, hold for next season because sometimes there's a little bit of bump right after, let's say, the after Christmas, oh yeah, going there is. Into, let's say the New Year, so you might get sales. Oh no, too. and we bank on that that we can get sales for the two weeks following. In fact, usually July, January tenth is usually our cutoff that we've learned that we can still get decent sales through about then, and then we're going to see a pretty steep decline. And then we might have through January we get some bargain hunters who are deliberately looking for out of season discounts on that. Yeah, right and that's the, the Christmas items specifically. Christmas items like Christmas decorations specifically, right? But that wouldn't necessarily, we wouldn't necessarily forecast through that for the non, because those Christmas yeah. items, that's kind of a, a I don't say now, an anomaly. Now you're, if, but, you're, if you're selling, 
Um, the coach purses. If you're selling coach purses, if you're selling, you know, lip balms, for example, right? Yeah. You're not, your inventory doesn't expire or go obsolete at that yeah. point. So you're looking at it differently if now you're just in your regular selling season at that point. Mm-hmm. And you might look at discounting if you're just way too heavy on inventory. Like you're worried about getting penalties for Amazon, for example, for having too much inventory. So you might discount it then. Um, but you're always going to get the question. If you're behind, somebody in that organization is going to ask the question of, should we discount to have a bigger holiday season? Yeah. Because like, they they're also have, you know, every partner we work with has their own forecast and their numbers they need to hit to support the organization, right? They've built their year, they've built their annual forecast based on a big holiday season. And if that's coming in short, the last thing they want to do is come in short at the end of the year on their goals. So you'll always, that conversation, whether it's right to discount or not, is always going to, it's always going to pop up. Somebody's going to suggest it. So it's better to have the conversations now. Yeah. And get everybody to say their piece and then figure it out. And you can always change your plan midstream, but it's a lot better if everybody's talked about it ahead of time and a lot less tense. And you're probably going to make a smarter decision if you've talked about it in advance. Yep. Yep. So I have one more that we really haven't talked about. Okay. You ready for it? It is post-season email follow-ups. So depending on your product, how are you leveraging the sales velocity traffic that you got in season how are you getting that second third fourth however many orders out of those those customers and can you convert them into a second time customer third time customer within i'll say 30 days after the end of christmas so by the end of end of january what is your email follow up i would i would extend this to uh, paid social, paid search, just overall advertising is how do you get the most out of that audience? So post-season email follow-ups. Sonny, do you have a last one you want to close with here? What is there the last one you want to add from your list that we haven't gotten yet? No, I think I've <clears throat> covered everything on my list. Did we exhaust your list? Did we cover all the Santa, same things? Santa Claus. Claus I, I will throw in two quick ones, right? And one just pertains to the ad plan, but get your assets done now. Um, if you need pictures for the holiday season, if you need pictures that show your product with wreaths and candy canes or whatever, get it planned out now, plan on shooting it in July. If you plan later than that, you're going to get caught in the production cycle and shipping and it's going to drop. So plan on listing what you need now in June and then producing it in July. And with all production, usually delays happen. It gets delivered later than you thought, but then, okay, then it gets delivered in August and you can still get it up in time for September um, if you need it. So I would get that done. And the other quick one I wanted to add on here was, and this is if you're a marketplace seller, particularly on Amazon, is get your inventory scores cleaned up now um, because what we expect to happen, remember, Andy, your, your uh, wild predictions for 2023, what was your number one? That Amazon was not going to, F us. Yeah. So your wild prediction that, you know, unlikely to come true, but could was that Amazon would not screw Screw with this. Meaning the likelihood is Amazon's going to screw with your inventory levels. And I think, I think just to clarify that, like my expectation is that we'll be able to ship in enough inventory. We won't be just like dead capped and just unable to ship inventory for eight, eight weeks or 10 weeks or whatever it was at the end of this year. So that's, that's my bold prediction. I'm still going to have PTSD from that last year when they did that. But, um, but it's get your score cleaned up now because every anticipation that we've heard um, and that we believe too is that Amazon's going to have an inventory crunch in Q4. They always do. I think it, 
I'm betting it might be lesser than past years because they've cleaned out a lot of dead inventory space by penalizing people for carrying dead inventory at the store, right? So it's, I think it's going to be, a, I could, I may be jinxing things, but I think it's going to be a little better than prior years. But I still expect Amazon <laughs> to mess with us when we hit Q4 on inventory caps because it's just happened too many years in a row, right? This is, this is, this, you know, it happens every year. We should learn to expect it. Uh, and everything that we have heard or believe says that, okay, the people who get targeted the first for reducing their cap are going to be the ones who have not kept good, who have not been good caretakers of their inventory space. On Amazon, that's measured by your IPI, your inventory performance index, your IPI. So, you know, if you have product that's aged, if you have product that's really slow moving, clear it out now and do what you can now between now and fourth quarter to get that inventory score up a little bit so that you're not the first target they look at when they're saying we got to cut inventory because they're going to look at the they're going to look at the people who have abused the system who, who cluttered up with lots of aging inventory and those are going to be the ones that get the most severe yeah take the most severe hits don't this, try not to be one of those right yeah this is so interesting because we've been seeing if you've been in your seller account or your your amazon account you've been seeing okay i've got this many square feet or cubic feet of storage and this many cubic feet and they're going out two three or three months and uh, you you got a good plan for it, but I, I'm just imagining getting to like September or October, and you've had a number in there for a couple of months for November, and then all of a sudden it goes to well we we've cut that number for November and December is half of it. Uh, that's and that's the thing yeah. that's like you're gonna you're gonna be looking at this number, your inventory capacity number for December starting in what or uh, September. Yeah. Right and, and cutting in half right as right as the date hits is not hyperbole. That's basically what they yeah. did last year. Yeah, was everybody's inventory got cut sometimes by sixty percent in a lot of them. So your cap got cut and all of your holiday plans for what you're going to stock up went out the window in October. Um, so yeah, I'd anticipate. I'm I'm hoping they are less this year because there's generally better care being taken of inventory at Amazon. But yeah, um. But I, you know, I don't think it's going to go from a 60% cut on some accounts to zero cuts. I yeah. think we're still going to see this last second. Everybody thought their inventory cap was fine. And then surprise, surprise, again, Amazon realizes they're overloaded and cuts the cap back. Have you, have you read any, because I have, have not, is, so every, all, the, all the sellers have their cubic feet capacity, right? Yeah. What is, what is the total combined allotted cubic capacity compared to the actual capacity that they have available. Is it, I mean, is it a one-to-one? I don't think they publish that anywhere. I'm, I'm I'm really interested in knowing, I think they're trying to keep that ratio low going into Q4 because every year, and and I think it's where they move prime days. Yeah. Part of the problem last year was they had that second prime day and that moved, that meant there was a bunch of inventory coming in for that. And that was right before Q4, if I remember right. And you had that plus people's Q4 shipments coming at the same time. And that's what they, that's what they say now in retrospect was the mistake and why everybody's inventory got slashed so much is they had a second prime day. It didn't sell so well. So the lift wasn't out. So people shipped in a ton for that second prime day. It didn't move that cluttered up the inventory. And then Q4 shipments started coming in and they became over capacity real fast. And everybody got a 50 to 50% slash their cap. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to happen this year, but it could. Right. Yeah. And um, I just, I'm just trying to think cause they, you can't, you got to think that they, they might Amazon might have offer out a storage capacity that is in excess of what they actually have. Yeah, they may tell you that you have thirty thousand cubic feet of space, 
for October now, because we're going to start seeing the September numbers and October numbers pretty soon. And then when it comes to the, the actual, because they give you, now they give you the forecast for two months in advance and they, then they tell you what the actual is going to be. The actual could be the cut, right? So yeah, I think that's, I think I'm expecting when they firm up the actuals for October, whatever they predict for us for October and then, and then say, here's now the actual, I expect it's going to be a cut from what they predicted. Yeah. Just based on their past behavior, right? Yeah. Not, not that they're evil, just that they're going to make the same mistakes. Yeah. And so, yeah, what, what it is right now, I don't know. I'm hoping they've learned from past years. Right. They don't do this again. Right. But I hope that too. last year that they would have learned from the years before that oh, wow. and not made the mistakes. But yeah, it'll be interesting with this new inventory policy and everything. So uh, they're taking it more seriously. I mean, they're, they're doing more to prevent this problem from happening. I just don't have confidence that they're going to fully prevent it from happening again. Yep. Awesome. Well, Sonny, thank you so much for thinking up this topic and getting us top, talking on this. Tim, thank you as always for, for your insights. And thank you to the, you, the listener. We appreciate you so much. Make sure you hit that like follow button to make sure that you're catching us every time we publish an episode and we'll catch you again next time. 